sometimes you've just got to get out there. Welcome to Paintbrush and Ivories, the podcast for artists, curious creatives and art lovers that connects creativity with the heart and soul. I'm Michelle Walker and today I'm flying solo. No Jennifer, just me. And today I want to talk to you about something that I've been involved in recently and that's the phenomenon of art trails. I don't know about you, but I love seeing art and I'm happy to go and see it in a gallery. But sometimes there's something about being in the outdoors and an outdoor art experience can be a fantastic one. One of my favorites locally here in Australia is in September around my birthday, we have Swell, which is basically a whole bunch of stunning sculptural artworks along the beach at Currumbin. But there's many different types of of art trails and open studios and I wanted to talk to you about some of the things I learned from doing my very first one. Now if you're listening you may have already done many of these but until we moved to town in a few months ago when I was living on the farm it just wasn't possible. So that's one thing to think about is where you're located and whether or not there's an opportunity for you to join an open studio or an art trail. When we talk about art trails, most of us might be thinking about the sort of studios being opened and artists welcoming visitors into their workspace, talking about their art and selling their art. There are also permanent art trails. And I'm thinking of Western New South Wales, Queensland, the Silo Art Trail, where artists have painted the most incredible murals on the sides of the grain silos out there. And it's become part of the local landscape. It's actually a really important part of the region and the location's economy because it draws visitors to that area. And one more good example of a permanent art trail is the walks that you can do through towns and cities where they might have some interpretive material. You can grab a brochure or download an app and you're walking through that town I love whenever I'm in Melbourne in Australia doing the inner city graffiti art walks and I also have fond memories of having done a walking tour through Berlin and capturing some of the stories with their graffiti art. But I really want to focus today about the kinds of art trails, open studio events which might happen over a weekend or over a handful of days in a location. And they really are very specific to that location. And I want to talk through some of the things that I made a note of that occurred to me that if you haven't done one, you would want to start with. And the first point is to research what's available. What's its timing and what's its duration? So what part of the year does it happen and how long is it open for? And is there a theme or even a personality to the event? Because lining up with what you do can be really important to make sure it's a match. If there isn't anything available, are you interested in setting one up? Do you have the energy and the juice for doing something like that? If you do and there's nothing around your area that's already in place, it would be really good to network with people locally, such as your local council, who may have an existing grant funding program for supporting art activities like this local cafes and restaurants that could form part of the trail and either feature artwork in their cafes or benefit from promoting it because they may well get the art lovers stopping and having coffee or lunch with them. Connecting with people who provide accommodation in the local area 
and touching base with the media and seeing if they will support you with some free advertising. Consider not just the print press, but also getting on and being interviewed in the local radio or the local TV. I was lucky in that when I moved to this part of northern New South Wales, I knew Moolumba Arts Trail was a thing. And while I hadn't even been a visitor, despite living an hour away, I was really keen to be a part of it. The other thought I had was, do I collaborate with a group and go in with an existing venue or do I open my own studio here at home and invite people in? And there's benefits, pros and cons for both of those approaches. I always love collaborating with a group, but this time, without really knowing the lay of the land, it just seemed easier to do my own thing and to do my own studio. And having it at home, the advantage is I can just walk my artwork from the art room into the display area and set it up exactly how I want and close the door at the end of the day. And if I need to, I can pop next door for a cuppa. The disadvantage was I was here and so I didn't get to move around. We had set times and the format for the open studio was the studios were all open from nine to five. And so that meant a commitment of me being here. So that decision about whether you're going to collaborate or run solo and also what venue you will use. Do you have a suitable space in your home or in your studio area where you make art that you could bring people into? Having made those decisions, it's time to apply. And knowing when the applications close is really important. Get that in your diary so you don't miss out. And in putting your application together, think about what might make your artwork and your studio venue stand out from the rest. For example, I do both jewellery and enamelling as well as painting. And I decided to feature the jewellery and the enamel because I knew there would be a lot of painting and sculpture and even printmaking within the art trail. And a number of people gave me that feedback over the weekend and said they came specifically to see my jewellery. So with your application in and hopefully you get a positive result, thinking about the lead up to the actual event, there's a couple of things that I would make a note of and maybe some of these aren't so obvious. The first one is obvious and that's promotion. So how can you start to share the story of letting your friends and your family know that you're going to be part of this event coming up and get it in their calendars? In my case, I have a lot of friends who are about an hour and a half away and family up there as well in a capital city. Some of them made the trek down specifically for the weekend. And that was a great thing because I got to catch up as well. So you can make it a really lovely social thing. I also set up a Facebook event that I could then invite people to, as well as sending notices out on my social media platforms like Instagram and Facebook. It helped people know who might be interested where they could go for all the information. And I linked that event, which was my open studio, to the broader Arts Trail event and its promotions on Facebook and Instagram. You obviously have to organise your work and have a good quantity of work. And the last thing that I would think about in preparation leading up to the event is make sure that your insurances are in place. Do you have public liability insurance for people coming in and out of the studio space that you hold? And if you're with another group or if you're with a commercial space, you would just need to double check that public liability insurance is being taken care of. So 
It's the day before the event and you're getting set up. I thought about a few things. One was I have wanted to have a range of price points for people. So I had some of my more expensive jewellery and some of my lighter on the dollars jewellery. <laughs> I had some of my big paintings displayed on easels at the back of the space, but I also had my art cards. So I found that people come, they're always interested in being able to have a look around and invariably have a conversation. And sometimes they just want to take something away. In addition to what people might be able to purchase, also think about having business cards and maybe a promotional postcard, something that people can pick up and take away for free, an image of your artwork, and they then put it in their own office to brighten their office. The other thing that I think is really valuable is having some kind of artist statement. And I didn't have a written one, but I spoke to people about it and I told them the story of my work and I told them the story of where my abstract landscape came from as a practice and as a focus, my background in the environment field for many years. And I wove the story of that care for nature and love of the environment and gave them a new way of seeing the artwork that they were looking at. So if you don't have a written artist statement, think about the kinds of things you would want to tell people that would help them appreciate your work even more. So the event comes around and you've got your signage set up out the front. Your display is looking beautiful. You've got a cup of tea. The doors are open and then you have to manage your expectations. I loved the idea that maybe no one would turn up for the first hour and I would just get to sit quietly and consider the weekend, which happened to be an absolutely beautiful, sunshiny day. But it didn't turn out that way. People turned up and I had a steady stream of people throughout the entire weekend, which meant that I got to have some really gorgeous conversations with people. So one of the things that I recognize in myself is that I'm very comfortable talking to complete strangers and I'm really comfortable in welcoming people in. And I got people talking, so I introduced people that I knew to people I'd just met. And so there was a sort of a conversation circle going on in the studio. So think about that in preparation. How are you going to manage the groups and engage with people? And also, if it's not your personality strength to be outgoing and engaging, how are you going to manage your energy levels throughout the day? Are you going to need someone to pop in and take care of the stall or your studio space for an hour so you can have a break? How are you going to manage the toilet stops and the meal breaks throughout that period? So I feel like a few of those things need to be thought through because it is possible to get caught a bit short. And I don't think I sat down more than about five minutes between 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. So it can be quite an energy rich experience in terms of getting back from people. I, I met so many amazing people. And I think one of the things that I thought about was not only connecting to people, I would always ask people their name and introduce myself. So even though they've turned up to Michelle Walker Art, I would always say, hi, I'm Michelle. So they knew they were talking to me. I wasn't a sister or a neighbor who was looking after the store, that I was the artist. And they would usually respond with their first name. 
So you can then have a conversation. It just engenders more connection. The other thing I did because I had quite a few artists themselves turn up. So art lovers are one category, but artists who want to see what other artists are doing are another category. And they tend to be more deeply interested in process and materials and tools. So it's good to have some of those things available for people to have a look at. I tried to connect with those people before they left through something like Instagram. If they were an artist and they'd often pull out their phone and show me some artwork while they were telling me a story, I would say, oh, you on Instagram and let's connect while you're here. So those connections are lasting things from the event that I think are really, really valuable. And if you do find you're having a quiet moment in the event and there's no visitors around, really good opportunity to grab your phone and do a quick video explaining what you're doing, saying hello to people, giving them an idea of what it is that you've got on display, talk about your open studio event generally and promote it. If anyone's local in the area, please come and invite them to come visit you while you're there. So let's talk about another important aspect of being part of an arts trail and that's how are you going to take sales? Frankly, the best option these days is to have some kind of square card reader that you can take a credit card because you don't want people having to head back into town or go find some kind of money machine to get you cash. It is important and it's not that expensive to get set up. I think $50 buys you the square card reader and you can get the software downloaded onto your iPhone or your iPad in no time. So think about how are you going to take sales money when it happens? Because it will, especially if you've got a good range of price points. So now that you've made that sale and you've taken that delicious money from someone who really appreciates your work, you need to be set up to wrap it and send the buyer away with that beautiful item really securely packaged so that it can travel safely home with them. Throughout the event, I kept a little running tally of the sales that I made. So at the end of the weekend, I could quickly and easily tally it up so I understood what income I had earned. And the income becomes part of the picture for me in terms of what benefits were gained. Being able to be part of a regional arts event is important to me because I'm new to the area and it was a really good way of connecting with other artists and with the organisers of the Arts Trail. It also helped me talk about my art, which is always a good thing and brings me great joy in talking to people about why I do what I do and hearing from others about why they do what they do. The final part of the wrap up is really to be able to pack up and put away and get life back to normal in your home studio so that you can get working again and can I just report two days on I still haven't finished that task so I'm also pretty confident that that will get done but it's just been one of those things that you need to factor in the time to do it and speaking of time and I want to just I guess reflect on when we do an event like this, we need to make sure that we're conscious of the energy that it takes to be on, as in on show. And where I've made the mistake in the past is not acknowledging that and so having a really busy schedule on Monday and Tuesday afterwards. So I think now 
about using my diary to block out time when I know I've got a big show event or, or I'm teaching for a weekend, wherever I can, I try and have a really light day the next day so I can manage my energies and do the reflection time. Like I said, you know, sit down and think about what were the things that I learned? What would I do differently? And what was the benefits for me? Would I do it again? What did I find easy about the event? What would I pay more attention to next time? And one of them was that the map had my studio in the completely wrong place on the landscape. I didn't let that worry me. I figured people would throw the address into their GPS and just head to wherever it was because they wanted to see some jewellery. And that did happen, I was told. But there are things that we can learn and giving ourselves a bit of quiet time after an event like this is actually really rich time for us to be able to harvest those learnings and recharge the batteries. So that's it from me today. Thank you for listening. And I just want to share this in closing. I love that quote that Anne Hathaway's character in The Intern says to Robert De Niro, which is about an online shopping business that she set up that went stratospheric. She said she always thought there was power in a woman and a glass of wine on a Friday night shopping online. And I think there's real power in art lovers armed with a map and a car to be able to get around and enjoy a whole lot of experiences meeting artists and seeing their studios. 